Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Being adopted, sometimes you feel like you're just like dropped out of the sky mm-hmm. <laughs> into a family. Um, so growing a human being and then having the birth and seeing that human being that actually comes from you as an adopted person is really emotional. And just seeing someone that's related to me. Seeing something in her face. Yeah. In her eyes. In her eyes. Because I was going to ask, a newborn's face is so scrunchy and... <laughs> I know. <laughs> but the, but, the, but her, it was, there was something in her eyes. Yeah. What was the, it about her eyes? They look familiar. You know, it made me realize that my life didn't begin at adoption. This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today I'm talking to a woman we're calling Julia. Julia was born in South Korea and adopted by a white family living on the East Coast in a town with very few people of color. Growing up, their family avoided the topic of her adoption. It wasn't until Julia had her own baby that she became curious about her birth story. Now she's gone on a secret search to find her birth mother. All this exploration is feeling dangerous to Julia, and she's concerned it's going to threaten her relationship with her parents. She's come to me today feeling anxious about how to talk to them about this birth search. You know, I'm kind of what people call the model adoptee where I was always you know I was I was a very good kid I never did anything to to make my parents mad I always wanted their acceptance and approval and you know I never you know did anything really rebellious so I don't speak up around them I don't express my true feelings I always try and placate them or I try and see where they're coming from. Um, for me, and particularly in my upbringing, you know, I was adopted and like, ha- like that's the end of the story. Like happy ending, like, you know, go on with your life. Um, but only now as an adult am I realizing that there's more to it than that. I mean, I think, you know, as an adoptee, I always knew that I was different and there were different experiences growing up that kind of reinforced that. Mm-hmm. So how did you know? How did you know you were different? Uh, because I don't look like anyone in my family. You don't look like anyone in your family. <laughs> right. Right. But because I grew up in mostly white, t- in all white towns, I and because of how I was raised, I didn't see myself as Asian. Huh? I saw myself as a white person. Mm-hmm. It's, only, it's funny because growing up, whenever 
I saw other Asian people, mm -hmm. that would be like, oh, I'm Asian, <laughs> right? Whether it was getting Chinese food at the local Chinese restaurant because that, you know, that's something we did occasionally and that was the only place that you saw Asian people, I'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> did I'm you Asian. forget otherwise that you were Asian? Yeah. I was adopted during the time uh, when it was kind of more about assimilation. Yes. Um, and love is enough, you know, colorblind, you know, all of that stuff. Yes. So in a way, it was minimized. The difference was right. minimized. Right. And do you remember, what's your earliest memory of talking to your parents just about how you looked versus how your siblings looked or like what it, We didn't talk about you it. You didn't. <laughs> but, but, but you... You had thoughts about it, of course, right? Do you re do you remember bringing it up and your parents being like, "No, no, you don't"? Or did they did they sort of just change the topic? Or um, I'm just curious if there's an early memory that comes to mind. No, because I didn't feel safe to talk to them about it okay. because it was supposed to be a non-issue. I think I just didn't want to be Asian, whatever that means. Like I wasn't. I was still, you know processing kind of what I was or am. Do you know, when you say you didn't want to be Asian, do you do you know why? Do I think it's because I was raised in a, f I was raised with a belief that being white is better. Okay. When I was about six years old, our next door neighbor and her friend used to bully me because I was Asian, they would call me dirty and they even pushed me up against a wall and choked me and like left marks on my neck. And I didn't tell my parents until I was in my 20s. And my mom was like, she was like, are you sure you remember that right? Maybe that didn't happen. <laughs> Maybe that didn't happen. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm dealing with. Like, it sounds like there were unspoken things. Yeah, a lot of microaggressions. Microaggressions. For sure. Like saying that you're the same and that everyone in our family sees you the same. Every All of our friends see you as the same. Implies to me that if they were to acknowledge that I'm a different race, right? Like, what does that mean for them? Like, yeah. implies to me that that it's not a good thing. Right, because they're basically saying they see you as white. That's how I take it. Yeah. And then fast forward several years to to the inauguration of Trump. Mm. That was another big shift in our relationship. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, because they're Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a lot of things came, a lot of their opinions and views came out yeah. and, you know, just kind of made me question, like, where do I fit in in this family? Yeah. I just don't understand how they can have these extreme views when they have children of another race. So I have to say, I think you beat, <laughs> it, beat around the bush a little bit, and maybe this is hard to say, but maybe I'll say it. It sounds like another way of putting it is that you think your parents have some perspectives and that impacted the way you were raised 
in terms of their attitudes sure, about yeah. race and white superiority. Yes. So in recognizing that you were Asian, you saw yourself as lesser, lesser yeah. than because that was your parents' implied connotation. Right. I mean, it's so complicated. How does it feel to hear me say that in such a straight line? I mean, I think it's true. I definitely think they have, you know, a lot of biases. Yeah. And so as a kid, you know, your whole world is your parents, your whole world is your family. So naturally you kind of glom onto their beliefs and ideals. Um, I still believed at the time that, you know, that that love is enough and, and you know, that adoption's a happy ending. You know, I, I, I shouldn't be complaining about, about my upbringing. When I was first started my search, I was adamant in my thinking that I would never tell my parents. Never. And now, only in the past couple of weeks have I realized that I, I need to tell them. But you think they're going to freak out? I... I don't know. I mean, I think I need to n know from them that they won't abandon me. What do you what do you mean? Um this happened uh maybe 20 years ago. My friends mother had given a child up for adoption, you know, many, many, many years ago, um, and they were in reunion. Um, and when my friend's mother told my mother that she had found her son, uh, my mom replied, you're my worst nightmare. So. She was fearing your mother reaching out and finding you. I mean, that's the reason she decided, they decided to adopt internationally mm -hmm. because she was scared of her baby's being taken away. So she associated the, the reunion of a birth mother and a child with leaving the adoptive family. And I guess the way she thought about it is that you can only have one mother. And so if you were to reconnect with your birth mother, if she were to find you, that you would you would leave her. Right. And so I think maybe she feels, you know, I think for her, things are in black and white, right? So if I find my birth mother, then maybe she's scared that, she, that I will reject her. Right. I don't want to lose their love by telling them that I'm searching for my birth family. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores 
like UGG, Samsung, and Expedia, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. That's Rakuten. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. So what made you want to look into finding out more about your biologic parents? Oh, absolutely. It was becoming a mother myself, just having kids, my own biological children, uh, really made me see the importance of knowing my history and where I come from. You know, because being adopted, sometimes you feel like you're just like dropped out of the sky mm-hmm. <laughs> into a family. Um, so growing a, a human being and then having the birth and seeing that human being that actually comes from you as an adopted person is really emotional. You know, because my, my kids are the first biological relatives that I've ever seen. Yeah. And so that was so cool, right? And even still, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I look at them I'm like, oh, my gosh, you came for me. Was it the first time you thought about, I guess, the bond that must have existed between you and your biological yeah, mother? Yeah, totally. And you just hadn't thought about that before. No, not on such a deep level. Yeah. Um, so it gave you a good feeling being biologically connected to them, and you wanted to have that same feeling maybe that you could get from meeting other relatives? No, it just made me realize how hard, difficult a decision it must have been for my birth mother to give to relinquish me. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I, you know, as soon as I held my baby... And as those first few sleep-deprived months and, like, full of hormones, like, raging and yeah. trying to figure everything out, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, how how could you give a child up? Mm. And, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I guess you're right. I did kind of want to know who, who, else did, who else is out there like me. Yeah. So these feelings of of kind of wanting to know where I came from have just been building, you know. And about almost a year and a half ago, I decided to take out my my adoption files and reach out to the Korean Adoption Agency and to see if they had any more info and maybe to initiate a search. And then... This past uh, June of 2018, I received an email saying that they found my birth mother. Mm. And I, I couldn't believe it. And I got an email from the agency saying that, that she had called the agency. Wow. Yeah. And that she was crying and that she had never forgotten about me and that she wants to get in touch with me and that she's married and has a, a, and has a son. Um, and so that was, that was crazy, great. Like my whole world changed. Um, how so? 
How did it make you feel? Just to, like, know that I have this history that of before I was adopted. You know, there's a whole story. Um, and that there's these people out there that care about me and from before. to put it differently, to, to add to that, it matters. Right. That being adopted matters. Mm-hmm. Right. These things I felt that my parents told me I weren't feeling because being adopted doesn't matter because everybody's the same in this family. Right. That that sense that no, it matters was true mm-hmm. because it mattered to this woman who birthed you. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, it just, everything shifted. Mm. And that she, you know, so so the the social worker wanted me to write a letter and send pictures. And so my birth mother writes me back. Mm. And she includes pictures. And when I saw the pictures, I just c- couldn't believe it. Pictures of whom? Of herself. As an adult? Yeah. She looks like you. A lot like me. Couldn't believe it. I started crying. And she sent a picture of her son, and he looks so much like my son. Oh. Um, but yeah, so we've exchanged several letters now. Is she, what language is she communicating in? She commutes in, communicates in Korean, but through a trans. So the the agency translates the letters. Wow. So yeah, what else have you discussed? You know, she said that she is. She has eight siblings, and her father was ill, so they. She had to work in a factory and go to night school. And I guess in that factory, she had met my birth father. And she said, you know, there was one night of love, and that led to to her pregnancy. And she didn't tell anybody. She went to um, my birth father's house to tell him, and he was married. Hmm. And so then she went to Seoul and stayed with... Um, her aunt, who she said took very good care of her, and, you know, she said she wanted to keep me. And she can't believe that I found her because she said she didn't have the courage to, to try and look. Wow. hmm Do you want to meet her? Yeah. I do. I don't know when I will. I don't know when I'll be able to go there. Because I've, I've never been to Korea. And... I didn't have a desire to until the past couple of years. Well, but now I feel a strong pull. What would you say to her if you met her? Um, I don't know. I think I just kind of want to be in her presence and just kind of feel, you know, just spend time. Because obviously there will be a language barrier because I don't speak any Korean. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think we really have to talk. But it'll happen. If not, the, if not this year, then next year, I hope. Wow. But in the meantime, I have to tell my parents. <laughs> oh, God. That's why I'm in therapy. <laughs> when did you go back to therapy? Two weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> timely. I know. <laughs> um, you went back to figure out how to tell your parents. That and just kind of, yeah, processing, you know, how to, to hold space for everything that's going on in my life. Yeah. Do you think telling them would feel healing for you? Yeah, I want to tell them because I'm my own person. Yeah. And that I have my own story and I have my own opinions. I strongly encourage you to separate two conversations. Mm. And I think the conversation, I'm my separate person, I think that's a separate conversation from mm. I found my birth mother. Mm-hmm. I think they're two different topics. And while I think your parents set the tone about denying your otherness and in denying your inner emotional life by saying adoption is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you're going to cure that and heal that and repair that by telling them that you are communicating with your biological mother. And I don't think telling them that that happened and that you happen to know her name and you have had correspondence with her is going to help change their worldview about who you are and that you're a different person. And that things aren't black and white. I I don't think it will lead to that revelation. Right. And I think your goal of having them increase their tolerance and of respect for otherness is a is a different challenging task that you're you're asking of them that will not be solved by sharing with them that you met your birth mother and that you love both of them. Mm. I think you need to practice being more authentic around them Mm -hmm. and explaining to them that this is who you are and that you're trying to be more real with them and that you don't always agree, but you love them and you're not going anywhere. Uh, Yeah, and I want to express to them that, that life isn't just black and white, that there's so much gray. And that just because I found my birth mother doesn't mean that I'm going to love them less, too. Yes. There's enough love to go around. There's enough love to go around. Yeah, it's not limited quantity. Right. After the break, Julia finally calls her mom to tell her about her birth search. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Good to see you again. How are you doing? Thank you so much for coming back. A few weeks after our first conversation, I invited Julia back into the studio. She told me she had some news to share. Actually, last night I I had a phone call with her. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Okay. Yes. So why last night? Why did you call her last night? I was just like, I just got to get, like, fuck it. I just got to get it over with. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> Did it have anything to do with coming back and talking to me today? Maybe maybe that was kind of like, oh, let me just like do it. Because I it's I mean, I've been thinking about it so much lately, like how I want to say it or how I want to broach the topic, right? Um, so, um, so how'd it go? You know, I was just kind of like, uh, you know, there's something I've, I've been wanting to talk to you about. Um, you know, I hesitated telling you because I wasn't sure your reaction. Um, and just kind of told her, you know, that I'm going through a rough time and that I'm exploring my heritage. You know, I was telling her, uh, you know, how... I've, you know, I've struggled with with my identity and, and being the only Asian, you know, growing up. Uh, you know, and she feels badly about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but she still doesn't understand, you know, because even though she, and in her own way, I know she was trying to be supportive. Um, but, you know, but she's like, you know, uh, I don't see, I don't see you as different. I don't, you know, like, you know, like you're the same as, yeah. the, and you know, like it, it's not a bad thing to be Korean, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and I told her that and I was like, mom, it's not a bad thing to be different. Yeah. And she's like, well, well, <laughs> So we have some more work there. <laughs> what did she say? Well, what? she didn't really elaborate. <laughs> and I wasn't ready to really kind of go in into yeah. that. And then I also told her that, you know, becoming a mother really changed things for me. And she said that she could see that. Mm. Um, and what do you think she was referring to? Well, I told her, you know, I told her that you know, seeing my daughter was really, you know, it really impacted me. And she's like, I could tell. Mm. So I told her, you know, I said, before I had kids, I wasn't really interested in in doing a birth family search. But now I am. What'd she say? You know, she said, any way we can, you know, any way we can support you. We will. And that's, you know, that's really what I wanted to hear. Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet Media. It's produced by Peter Bresnan, Molly Donahue, and Lauren Silverman. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munker. There will be a brand new episode of Motherhood Sessions next week. I mean, for me, my body failed. It was a very traumatic thing for all of us and I think you know there is a certain responsibility that I felt around that because it was my job to bring them into the world healthy. Mm